0: On this episode, we discuss paranoia for no reason. What are you trying to say? Why are you looking at me like that? welcome to the flop house i'm dan mccoy
1: i'm Stuart wellington
2: (laughs) uh chicken sound i'm elliot yeah you gotta
0: Uh, gotta learn how to brand yourself like this guy (laughs) oh i branded myself and it hurt
2: not sexy
0: (laughs) (laughs) not at all Mm -hmm.
1: not like when cows get those sexy brands on them (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm, come over here Cowboys. Let me massage you like your Kobe beef. With the brand <laughs> yeah, of its butt.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let me get some Aquaphor and smear it on that brand so it heals better.
2: So Dan,
0: um, you wouldn't know it from that intro.
2: That was one of the shorter, off-topic intros recently. But Dan, what do we do here at the Flophouse?
0: Uh, we uh, watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And tonight we watched a movie called Paranoia. Now That's what it was called. Let's.
2: <laughs> we just watched I it now yeah, I but let's, let's define I our terms this is only a movie in the most basic of, of, of terms it, it meets was the, shot it meets the minimum standard of having been shot with actors mm-hmm. on some sort of film like substance and it, was in to a movie. it was in a movie theater right it was in a movie theater which boggles it my mind was in a movie theater
0: <laughs>
1: now America time. was on fire with talk of What was the movie's name again? Paranoia.
0: (laughs) I know it's easy to uh, misplace that name in your brain because it's so generic. Well, but also I feel like uh, with a title like that, you expect it to be like about paranoia. Yeah, like it's uh, I don't know a Roman Polanski like uh, The Tenant, Repulsion style, like yeah,
1: or like yeah, like a like Like a Giallo movie with like close-ups on the eyes constantly, or
0: like a
2: shock Carter type like sixty kind of, you know, cheapy thriller,
0: you know, B-movie type thing. And it was none of those things. It was a generic... Uh, it could have just been called espionage. movie
1: and been just as appropriate. It should
2: have been called Let's Not Make This and it would have been better. <laughs> sure. If they had called this movie off, that would have been the best thing.
1: <laughs> yep. If then it was Paranoia, boring. subtitle, Do Not Make, Test Script. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh but no liam hemsworth needed his his star making vehicle and mm-hmm. unfortunately this was not it they're gonna yeah. make him a star they're gonna have to shoot him into space and blow him up <laughs> so that his light can warm a tiny planetoid <laughs> the light from his brawny shoulders
0: yeah His shoulders made of paper brawny oiled shoulders um. So, uh, Dan drank a bunch the... of
1: Robitussin before recording this <laughs> yeah, episode.
0: Before recording
2: this, Dan uh, hit himself in the head a bunch of times. Drank a bottle of Robitussin.
0: <laughs> I apologize. And no. then literally
2: counted a thousand sheep.
0: I'm distracted by the uh, the mixer on this thing. That's the problem. With Blinking lights. The producer knobs. and a co-host. Yeah,
2: that's why we need a producer.
0: Yeah. Um. Maybe we could get. Uh, what's his face? Uh, you're Jared. on fire! Stop <laughs> it. stays in the picture. <laughs> We get Robert, Robert to, Evans. Evans to be our producer.
2: Uh, Dan, you want to lie down a little bit? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no.
1: If he lies down, he won't ever wake up.
2: <laughs> no, that's true. we got to keep him awake. Walk him around the room. Yep. Eat him black coffee.
1: Put a bunch of peas under his mattress. <laughs> Wait, <hold laughs> we'll keep <beat> him up. <laughs> like a shitload of them. He's a fairy tale princess. <laughs> Thank
2: you for noticing, guys. Pea <laughs> under his mattress. The smell will keep him awake. <laughs>
1: So, Paranoia. Let's we watched about this, this about. movie, and now we're about to talk about it. So, Elliot is about to give a plot summary. Yes. Go, Elliot.
2: And starting in three, <laughs> two, one, uh, Liam Hemsworth plays Adam Cassidy, a guy who we're supposed to believe is kind of a tech know-it-all who works as a on a project for a, phone, a big multinational phone company called <laughs> Wyatt Mobile. Because what's an imposing rich guy's name? Uh, how about Wyatt?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick Wyatt,
2: and uh, played by Gary Oldman, played by it, White Snake. <laughs> that would have been Sinec great. Company. He would have been great in that, that role. That would have made it so much better. <laughs> Instead, I'm we get
1: Gary Oldman better. doing his fucking chimney sweep
0: impression.
2: Gary <laughs> no, you know, was doing what was Dan thought was supposed to be an Australian accent, but I wasn't sure. I thought it was more of a Mary Poppinsy Cockney thing. No, day. I,
0: I so, came around. It it was a Cockney accent, but the, it, it's too. I think it. It says a little something about Gary Oldman's voice work that it took a while to figure out <laughs> I mean, what was going on. It Says something about
2: Gary Oldman's uh, devotion to the project. Yeah, let's just say he gave a better performance in Red Riding Hood.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, that's.
1: I mean, that's not even under debate. Yeah, he sets a guy. He burns a guy alive inside of a giant iron elephant, right? And yeah. when
2: someone asks, and when uh, who is it?
0: Uh, someone asks if they can touch his sword.
2: Lucas or somebody asks if if they can see see feel it touch his sword. He goes. No, (laughs) it's perfect line reading. Anyway, uh, Liam Hemsworth and his friend, who is supposed to be a nerd also, except he's also played by a handsome guy, and it's a sign of how glossy, stupid this movie is that even the guy who's supposed to be like the nerdy, girls don't want to date him, like a computer geek guy, is still just a handsome guy with a thick neck and a chin butt he just has glasses on. Wait,
1: he's got a chin butt?
2: <laughs> no, no. He has a cleft in his chin. It's not like he has a chin but <laughs> He wears glasses. You can't do both, usually, but he does. Uh, they work for Gary Oldman on a project. They try to get into a an exclusive club that nobody else seems to be that interested in because there's no line to get in, but they can't he, get in because they're losers.
1: Well, like, the nerdy friend would have been a better choice to be the star of the movie because...
2: Anyone would have been a better choice to be the star of the movie. Liam Hemsworth is terrible. Because it's
1: not like, cause Liam Hemsworth begins the movie looking like a preppy asshole, yeah. and they there's don't a, have to do a, like actually, a...
2: Actually, the movie opens on a voiceover while he's jogging. Uh, that A voiceover,
1: how, always a sure sign that the movie's going to be good. Oh,
2: yeah. Any movie that starts with a voiceover is automatic box office gold. <laughs> Gonna be the best thing you ever saw, mm-hmm. heard, tasted, smelled, touched. Every sense will be glorified by this voiceover movie. But uh, Liam Hemsworth has, does a voiceover about how his generation was robbed. They were supposed to have the success, and instead it was taken away from them. And it really feels like this VO was just like put on as an afterthought to yeah. try to make it relevant in it's some like, way.
0: Oh yeah. Uh shit. There was a financial collapse. Um can we stick something in there about that? Can we
2: otherwise what you have is not even a not even a fantasy of rich person life, you know, kind of boilerplate, two twists in the whole thing. Like Dan said while we were watching it, it was like a an episode of like a one hour CBS police procedural drama. Mm-hmm. Like it has that kind of plotting and twisting. But
1: significantly longer. An hour and fifteen almost, minutes.
2: Almost twice the length and also <laughs> half the charisma. Now, anyway, we're barely into this stupid movie that has almost no plot. But uh so he they get fired from their job after he gives an impertinent presentation to Gary Oldman about a product that they were working on.
0: But <laughs> it was uh, shots of Gary Oldman naked in the Scarlet Letter was the presentation. <laughs> <laughs> it was sure, called, look at that. It was looking
2: for funding for a <laughs> Hall of Fame of Little Penises. <laughs> <laughs> A not impressively sized penis hall of fame. Exhibit one, Gary Oldman in the Scarlet Letter.
0: Um, Exhibit
2: yeah. two, Dan McCoy in these pictures that I took. <laughs>
0: what? But Look, um, I was not aroused. I don't think you're getting a full impression of what don't I'm worry, Dan, I love- It's probably forced perspective I like can, in The uh, Hobbit when they I shoot all those penises.
2: It. It's a good point. I shot it in forced perspective and used computers to make it look small. So that a penis the size of John Riz Davies instead looked like a midget. <laughs> Anyway, so they get fired, but (laughs) they still have their corporate credit cards. They take it and go to that club. Uh, It's them and the two women who work with them. They drink shots after shots. They're just having crazy fun as young people. They are incredibly Mm -hmm. irritating. They're living life. All I could think while watching yolo I hate young people. I could be cleaning my son's diaper right now Mm -hmm. rather than watching this. Sure. But but instead of watching this. Oh, man.
0: (laughs) Your son is the youngest person, though.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, no, you're right. I can't hate young people because my son is younger than any of them. Uh, you know what? Eventually, he'll get to a point where I find him irritating. Anyway, uh, so... He's not going to clubs we here. We've got right? it. No, he's only going I to... I mean, you would g- probably
1: be pretty irritating at a club. He's
2: going to baby clubs, club goo goo, uh, pants soilers. Sure. Pants uh, I'm sorry uh, I started rattles. this. <laughs> uh, the the teething room. <laughs> And, and he has... He, he has a <laughs> now you
0: see him, now you don't. That's a peekaboo-themed club.
2: <laughs> yeah, he just... He, he, has, he has a regular table at Fuzzy Head, but not a lot of hair, reg- hair yet. Sure. Yeah. The club. and <laughs> That's uh, a very descriptive long name. <laughs> and it
1: sounds kind of like Harrison Ford in this movie, too. Yep, yeah.
2: yep, but well, we'll get to that. While at the club, Liam Hemsworth locks eyes across the room with Amber Heard. They mm-hmm. dance together, cut to the next morning they've had sex, and she's kicking him out of her apartment because... She's a high-powered executive, and he is just bridge and tunnel trash. And he goes, I don't even know your name! Which means that they spent the whole night together without ever exchanging names.
0: That's what kids do know, dude. There was a lot of... Take your clothes off, you. girly. let's
2: do this. You got it, boy. (laughs)
3: Boy!
2: (laughs) You sex a good game, boy, but now you leave. (laughs) Uh, He is uh, confronted by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman sends his... uh, Kind of all around hitman enforcer to pick him up, and Gerald yeah. says
1: Julian you think- McMahon,
0: yeah, Julian McMahon-in? McMahon, yeah, McMahon, uh, McMahon, terrible Doctor Doom himself, <laughs> yeah,
2: and they say. Look, you just spent sixteen thousand dollars at that club of our money, which is crazy. Crazy. I think they bought some Swarovski crystal online while they were at the club, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then rented a car for a couple weeks. But uh, well, they
0: got bottle service, but it was just bottle service that they were like they threw it up in the air and they practiced shooting it. (laughs) So they got a bunch of bottles. Sure. <laughs>
2: okay, I mean, it's... it's US the real-life service. dollars a bottle. We shot 16 <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Well, that's not
1: yeah, bad. How many bottles did they throw? Like, 24?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... It's, <laughs> oh, no, yeah, they threw 30 up in the air, but they only shot 16.
1: I mean, that's still pretty good. That's over half.
2: But uh, he's, Gary Oldman says, here's what you're going to do. Either we press charges, or you're going to become our corporate spy. My uh, assistant is going to train you To become the perfect corporate gentleman, (laughs) you're going to infiltrate my old boss Harrison Ford's company. Gary Oldman used to work for Harrison Ford in this. His old boss Jock Goddard, which is kind of a stupid name. Jock. Jock. And uh, you're not Jock. No, not Jock. Jock.
1: Like Like J O C K.
2: Kind of guy who would beat me up. Okay. Uh, You're going to go and steal this new prototype phone from him so that we can use it. I guess. Yeah. Uh and so Adam goes in, he meets with it turns out Amber Heard works for Jock Goddard, but he impresses this other guy, so this other guy named Lundgren, <laughs> which made me th- wish I was watching Rocky IV the whole time. <laughs> even Red Scorpion, whatever. And uh
1: Or Universal Soldier.
2: Yeah, sure, yeah. Or even you know what, Planetary Soldier. He didn't get promoted <laughs> to Universal yet. Sure. <laughs> uh he impresses them enough that he wheedles his way in, he's given an assignment. You have 72 hours to figure out how we can use this technology we developed that doesn't work. And you know what he does? He talks to his nerdy friend at the bar that his girlfriend works at now. The nerdy friend's girlfriend. And he discovers that, I guess, soldiers can use it to keep tabs on each other. Yeah,
0: well, the problem was, like, it's a GPS thing for the phone, but it's too heavy and it drains too much battery. So, like, actual, like, regular <laughs> phone users wouldn't want to use it. And it's, and but...
2: it's too specific and it's too powerful, right? Yeah, it's, like you can pinpoint where someone is, like by floor on a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, so like uh, serial killers want to use that.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like a bat radar, basically.
0: But uh, it's perfect to uh, give to the military to prevent friendly fire, so like all people in a unit know exactly where the other person and is. And as at the same we all time. know,
2: technology usually goes from the private industry. Into the military. Yeah. Now you're making a
1: joke because that's not true. It's actually
2: not true. No, the military. Not so much a joke
0: (laughs) as a use of irony.
2: (laughs) The military does, yeah, not a joke at all. And that it wasn't funny. And there was no punchline. Uh, It was
0: sort of a. It was like uh, when uh, you can't do that on television. Would do the opposite sketches, where the joke was just that the opposite of what's real.
2: And then somebody would get green slime on their head because they said, "I don't know." Uh oh, I said it splorch, green Mm -hmm. slime on my head. Uh, That was way
1: better than your chickens. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Canada.
2: Well, I learned how to do sound effects from Don Martin cartoons. (laughs) So splorch, flip-flop, all that stuff. I can do pretty well. Flerg. Flerg, phone bone, and so forth. (laughs) He didn't do a lot of chicken-based cartoons. Anyway, uh, they're so impressed that they give him like a billion-dollar job or something. And uh, Also, I should have mentioned Mm -hmm. that, uh, that the entirety of training and turning this bridge and tunnel kind of rough-edged guy into a super slick corporate shark is giving him a fancy watch, a new suit, a new apartment, and telling him, hey, don't always say what you're thinking. Well, and, and that's, that is He didn't his. even get
1: a fucking haircut.
2: No, well, because his hair looks great. I well, mean,
0: he looks amazing, dude. And, <laughs> and let's not gloss over the fact that um, uh, Gary Oldman... Instead of getting a guy who you know knows a lot about uh, industrial espionage or corporate espionage, just was like, oh, well, I have leverage over this guy, so I guess he's my spy now.
2: Over this idiot douchebag who spent $16,000 yeah. at a club. So yeah.
1: our hero who's coping with his father's imminent death...
2: Now, that's the other leverage he has. Spends
1: a shitload of money on booze instead of helping his father.
2: He, is, he can't afford his dad's health insurance because mm-hmm. he lost his job or got down... Cut back or something like that.
0: His dad, played by Richard Dreyfuss, so somehow, so this... so we get a slice of dry. Somehow, this this <laughs> small this small Jewish man hey, gave th- birth to a. Huge Gentile. We don't
2: know who his mom was. He could have married, been married to Bridget Nielsen or something. That's true. But uh, Richard dreyfus He's
0: very
1: charming and has baseball caps on. He
2: has a baseball cap with the presidential seal. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it was in Richard Dreyfuss' contract. I'm only going to do two scenes where I'm not sitting in a lazy boy. Because he spends most of the movie just sitting in a lazy boy. And it's implied if this is going to be an outdoor
1: scene, we're going to need to figure out a way to get a lazy boy out there.
2: <laughs> uh, so, while... Well, uh, so... Adam infiltrates Jock's company, Harrison Ford's company, almost instantly. He's invited to a garden party at Harrison Ford's house, and the two bond over that they've both lost family members. Mm -hmm. Uh, He and Amber Heard bond over having parents. And And he's very handsome. And it's like within a day, he is the golden boy of the company, and Amber Heard is his girlfriend. Even though when she's (laughs) taking a suspiciously long shower, he steals some files from her computer yeah, sort of, she's
1: got to clean the musk off of her. And it was one sort of things where literally it's it, it, you're seeing Hemsworth musk.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Hem's musk. You're you're seeing the 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 progress bar on the computer and then it's cutting to the shower door, back to the progress bar shower door and then like shower water turns off. She reaches out to get a towel, pulls it into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> At
1: which point Dan groans. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, cuz he thought this PG-13 movie might have some nudity in it. I mean, but, it's
1: not I mean, if it's not sexual, maybe they could just
2: Look, if it was 1985, yeah, a PG-13 movie
0: would have some nudity in it. Yeah, it's head. like
2: it's like classic artwork.
0: Sheena dude. would Sheena <laughs> would be bathing in a lake for like five minutes. <laughs> yep,
2: but we live in primer times.
0: No, but I was mostly, but like it is ridiculous. Like she pulls, the, as you say, the towel into the shower to, to, to dry to, off to buy some
1: time. And she's got to daub exiting, off the fucking uh, the faucet I, or instead whatever. of
0: exiting into her own bathroom in front of a man she just had sex with. And
2: I, I would, I like, I wish they had drawn it out more. And it was like you heard the fo- the shower turn off, heard the shower door open and close, and Hemsworth's like, uh oh, looks at the progress part, still moving slowly. Then you hear peeing, <laughs> looks at the progress bar, still moves slowly. The peeing stops, then it starts again. Progress bar, so slow. Teeth brushing, then the toilet flush. Oh God, come on, progress bar. Toilet, you know, then tooth brushing, and then come on, progress bar. Pooping (laughs) after the pooping, the shower shower again, again. (laughs) and then she says, "You know what? I'll just watch TV in my shower." TV, (laughs) your TV in the shower. I'll watch The Last Emperor. That's a nice long movie. <laughs> <laughs> Progress bars, still of slowly. We dissolve to the final bars of the score for The Last Emperor. You know what? There's, I haven't seen 1900 either. That's another Bertolucci movie I should find. I should really watch.
0: I'm getting pretty pruney, but uh, <laughs> uh, I'll stay in here for a while. You yeah, I'm into that, babe. Get super pruney. <laughs>
2: you, you, I love old ladies. I'm what's called a,
0: a prune chaser. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm a, I'm kind of a uh, you know I like PBW Prune beautiful women. <laughs> I think, I
0: think it was probably watching too many California raisins commercial when I was a kid. So I got in my head and I'm screwed really me into all up.
2: Prunes, I can't drink prune juice because it's like so. I'm uh, I got you these purple babe.
0: underpants and some sunglasses.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you know any most down hits? Look, you know what really turned me turn me young is if you're wearing just gloves, high top sneakers, sunglasses, and saying sex on the Can you move in a more rookie jerky way? Like you're, like you're a claymation figure? Oh, yeah, that's hot. Is super
0: there, hot. Is there any way you can make your skin ripple as if. Uh, fingers are manipulating <laughs> your skin over processing several <laughs> frames.
2: Okay, now mention that you brought brought by the brought to us by the by the Raisin Council. Oh yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, I'm so hot. Oh, come on, bar. Come on, speed up. I'm almost done downloading these files. Yeah, yeah, no, no. C- keep saying Motown hits. Yeah, yeah. Heard it through the grapevine. That's good. Come on, progress bar. Let's go. <sighs> oh.
1: So that should have happened,
2: right? (laughs) It should have have been called Prunanoia. (laughs) (laughs) and that should have been the main scene, the centerpiece, if you will.
0: Yeah.
2: Anyway, he goes to let's let's do it real (laughs) real short. Uh, Adam finds out he's being watched by cameras by Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman threatens his dad. There's a great
1: scene where we see Gary Oldman's been just watching Richard Dreyfuss sit in an easy chair (laughs) (laughs) on an iPad. He's
2: just got his Dreyfus cam up, his 24 hour Dreyfus cam. Mm-hmm. From the San Diego Zoo's Dreyfus exhibit, <laughs> uh, they, in order to threaten him any even more, they run over his nerd friend with a car uh, right in the middle of the street. So Adam goes to steal this uh, phone using he doesn't have the right fingerprints to get into the vault where the prototype is kept. So off of a spoon, he steals Amber Heard's <laughs> fingerprint and makes a silicon fingerprint mask.
1: I don't
0: know. Using is- an iPad or something? <laughs> no, what the fuck He's you can do with He's using his it? spy pad. He stole uh, Tom Cruise's uh, mask-making machine or whatever. That's what, from yeah, Mission, yeah, Impossible Mission Impossible
1: 2? <laughs> the thing that makes masks and doves fly out of your coat? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: well, that was his David Copperfield machine, made doves fly out of his coat. But uh, he has, but there's a, and there's a scene. He's running through the building, and the guards are know it's him. They're like, "It's Adam Cassidy. Go get him. Go get him." And there are endless scenes of two slightly out of shape guards running through red lit hallways, just looking for him. He's not in here. He's not in here. Yeah, it's forever. like the last
1: episode of fucking Twin Peaks. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, yeah, it's like there's one of the yeah. They're looking for Bob the it's, whole time. Sure, but they have, uh, but it's there are two security guards in what must be like a forty story building right. at least. More than that. I don't know.
0: Well, and then we learn, though, also that, like, there was no reason for the security guards to be chasing me anyway because it was all a setup. (laughs) Because it was
2: all a trap. After he twice fails to get his fingerprint read by the scanner and then kind of presses the edges of his fingerprint mask a a little bit more, he gets in, he steals the phone, and there's a message on it. Once a thief, always a thief. He looks around. Harrison Ford's right there. It was all. And the phone trick. looks
1: stupid. I mean, it looks like a like a piece of paper. And
2: what we've been told is it's like a phone that you use for everything, and it you have and it you on can, you, or something. And you can
0: fold it, Elliot. Can, it's
2: a foldable phone. It's a fold phone. It's a oh, like phone. a flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no shit, they make those still. This whole movie is about cutting-edge phone technology, but it seems to not have seen a phone recently. So, like, yeah. when the guy who's supposed to be the biggest phone tech guy in the world, Adam Cassidy. When he gets text, he, his phone will say 10 text messages, and they'll just pop up one on top of another in a t- random tiling fashion. Yeah,
0: like you're so, going on to some like, crazy website, and there's pop-up you mean, crazy website?
2: I think you mean sensible website.
0: <laughs> I, mean, I think you mean sensual website.
2: <laughs> uh, and so it's like, yeah, I guess all the old phones, you would just have the ability to scroll through text messages and read whatever you, want you wanted, but in this... Weirdly cutting edge future phone, you have to you have to close every message to get to the next one. Yeah. Almost like, a, like matryoshka, a fucking story. Like a Matroshka doll series of text messages. Matrushka? Matroshka? It's, it's pronounced it's perestroika. Like a Matryoshka da, a doll. Right. Okay. Uh, so Baba
1: Yaga, write us a letter <laughs> and tell us how to
2: say it properly. Where each text message conceals another text message until Barbara, the end.
0: Baba Yaga. <laughs> Yeah, like I got to write us a letter uh, made out of spaghetti. Send <laughs> it to us. What? Wait, that's, I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. I don't either, but I want
1: to hear more about this <laughs> Russian folktale.
3: tale. The spaghetti Russian Italian this,
2: folk spaghetti, tale. this spaghetti-based Russian folktale.
0: I, I mean, it wouldn't have been spaghetti. We all know
2: the story of the great bear who lives in the sky and eats pizza. <laughs> it's an old Russian tale. <laughs> You know, Let's not forget that the old Russian story of the time Stalin was tricked by a meatball. <laughs> <laughs> it's all here in my book of Italian-Russian folk tales.
1: The trick was the meatball was made out of turkey instead of beef, and so it was healthy.
2: <laughs> so he was tricked into having lower fat content.
0: All right, it wasn't spaghetti, because obviously, but wasn't the. <laughs>
2: I have no idea what you're talking about. Wasn't the Baba
0: Yaga, like, one of the most famous, like, tales? Like, like there's, like, noodles that wouldn't, like, stop coming out of her, like, noodle, noodle pot. <laughs> right man. in. Yeah, somebody right in. Noodle fans.
2: Oh, fans, if you're a fan of noodles, witches, noodle pots, or or chicken leg houses... If you're Russian, if you're Italian, if your name's Noodles and you're from the movie Once Upon a Time in America, write in and tell Dan, what are you talking about?
0: (laughs) Or we can have one of our contests. Uh, What am I talking about? No,
2: not a contest. (laughs) Look. How, it just makes me realize how much I wish this was called Para-Noodles. <laughs> it was about people trying to get the newest noodle technology.
1: But a pair of them because a single noodle is worthless.
2: Oh, come on. Who would want to eat one noodle but two noodles you got your way towards a meal? <laughs> the idea that, that Harrison, can Ford, time together. Harrison Ford is working on the new cutting-edge noodle. <laughs> it's a shape The noodle no, can fold. <laughs> it's, a shape, it's a shape no one's ever attempted before. A noodle-shaped noodle. It's, so, it's a meta-noodle. <laughs> Man, when we found out that the NSA was collecting all of our meta-noodles, <laughs> that was... I can't believe uh, the government was
1: doing that. What the fuck was... Well, okay, so wait, where so, were we? So
2: Harrison... It was a trick. Harrison Ford confronts him. He <laughs> says, I've got all this evidence that you and Gary Oldman are doing this together. Now you're gonna. Now either he's going to go to jail or he's going to sell me his company, which he wants for some reason. And uh, Adam Cassidy is, ah, I'm in trouble. He goes to Gary Oldman and... Uh,
1: Gary Oldman tries to have him killed by Julian McMahon
2: yeah there's a chase scene that's not very good where they're running through the alleyways of Philadelphia in, in lieu of New York
0: but uh, he's gonna turn the tables right that's, uh... his
1: girlfriend gets mad because he was lying to her
2: yeah and so... so Adam recruits his old buddy the nerd to help him uh, stop them and so what he does is he uh, has a meeting with
0: <laughs> the most obvious thing there's
2: a yeah he, he meets with first he meets with Gary Oldman and he records their conversation. Actually, he just ambushes Gary Oldman, right Gary Oldman is eating an egg at a restaurant with his assistant. He reveals the assistant has been working played by Forge. his
1: assistant's played by M. Beth David. Davis yeah. from Army of Darkness. Yeah, which man, you know, when I first saw Army of Darkness, I'm like, oh, I kind of feel bad that she's in this movie, and she seems kind of serious about shit. And now I'm like, wow, Army of Darkness was great. Yeah, well, yeah. we've
2: talked on the podcast before about how. Army of Darkness was a real, ahead of its time, influential movie.
1: And it's so much better than this movie starring Han Solo and uh, the naked guy from Scarlet Letter. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> really, Commissioner Gordon wasn't the first thing that came to your mind? Sid Vicious? Any of those? Dracula. Dracula,
1: um, yeah. Guy from Romeo's Bleeding. From, Romeo? Was his name Romeo? Guy from I the Professional. I don't think
2: his name Romeo. The guy from uh, Gary Oldman the movie. <laughs> It's a one-man show in which Gary Oldman plays himself.
1: Mm-hmm. It's as not a, actually he goes from Oldman to old man. Yeah, he yep. plays
2: him. He starts out as Gary Old baby. He <laughs> <laughs> goes all the way to Gary Oldman.
1: stopping Gary not old not boy. baby man. Stop,
2: no, stopping in the along the way as Gary Old boy, <laughs> <laughs> which has a, a amazing hammer fight scene.
1: And what a great twist, right?
2: Yeah, that it turns out he was well. <laughs> Let's not re- let's not ruin it for our listeners if they haven't seen Old Boy somehow. Uh, anyway, he records Gary. He reveals that Gary Oldman's assistant has been working for Harrison Ford. And he reveals this by taking her phone off the table, <laughs> looking up for recent calls, and they are all to Harrison Ford's character. Uh, she walks out and is never. And seen her reaction
1: game. is just total shock.
2: Yeah. Her reaction is surprise. <laughs> like, what was I doing?
1: Why would you take my phone that I left in front of you?
2: Uh, Ga- it's
1: crazy that they le- let him just walk up and talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, well, not as
2: crazy well,
0: as the next thing that happens. Well, Gary
2: Oldman, he then records Gary Oldman revealing that they were in on this corporate sabotage plot. Then Gary Oldman meets with Harrison Ford. Adam Cassidy is there for some well, reason. Well,
0: that's, that's the thing that baffles me. Like, uh, Adam Cassidy... Yeah, like, they record, uh, again, it's just like the classic, like, oh, I'm wearing a wire way of resolving everything that's wrong in a movie. It's
2: like, what was the one with uh, George Clooney? Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton, yeah. Where it's just like, how am I going to get out of this predicament? Uh, I'll record them confessing (laughs) that they committed a crime. Yeah. But, but that, that at it made
0: sense because like the real people who were acting in the conspiracy were talking to each other whereas in this case it's our hero there's no reason why hero, he would still have access to these two people Our hero walks up to
2: Gary Oldman and goes you're going to be you're you're complicit in this and Gary Oldman goes I paid you with money I never touched no <laughs> one's ever seen us together there's no way you can you, you there's no way you can prove I did this because I did it so well to hide <laughs> that I did it like okay great I mean you could have just said I don't know who you are
1: <laughs> but also at this point in the movie, like, or I could have like a goon keep you from even walking up to my table. Well, both
0: yeah. both Gary Oldman and Harrison Ford at this point in the movie are just like, don't you get it? You've been a pawn this whole time. It's like, yeah, he has been a pawn. So why the fuck is he still have access to you two people? <laughs> like, just toss him away, man. Yeah, it's well, that's it's,
1: what you use do with a pawn. You throw mm-hmm. it in the garbage.
0: <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. say,
1: "Fuck you, pawn." Thanks, you could have been a queen,
0: but
2: no, thanks. <laughs>
1: I that's major. about how that game
2: works. <laughs> I mean, they can become queens if they reach the other end of the board.
0: Fuck you and your diagonal attacks. Bullshit. Wait, that's how um, that
1: that's how that happens. You really hate pawns.
2: Uh
0: weakness disgusts me, Elliot.
2: I believe there are no pawn stars. All pawns are losers. <laughs> sure. So uh just to to tie this movie up in a shitty bow of shit, they uh
1: similar to the bow tie, Gary Oldman wore at the beginning of the movie. You know,
2: as, as you said, as <laughs> rich people tie their ties in a fancy bow as if their necks are presents. Uh, now, Harrison Ford takes the phone that has the bug in it and throws it in a pitcher of water in a fit of pique, But then uh, the nerd comes up with a different way to record him, and they do. Well,
0: it, it all relates back to the, the, stupid the, thing we're not the even phone GPS into. thing. It's totally dumb. It's, yeah. a,
2: it's one of those things where it's like, if I plant something here, it'll and it comes up later in the movie, that's good writing but it's so totally arbitrary and ridiculous that it's not good writing. Uh, Gary Oldman is devastated, tricked into selling his company to Harrison Ford for 40 cents on the dollar, as he makes clear more than once. Uh, then the FBI arrests Gary Oldman.
0: Josh Holloway comes in. He's like, I got a computer in my brain. You're all under arrest. Yeah, the
2: FBI arrests Harrison Ford, and in voiceover, it's revealed that he cut a deal with the feds, uh, Adam Cassidy mm-hmm. uh, Liam Hemsworth, and he started a new company with all his friends, uh, he took his dad for a spin in a <laughs> fancy car that he rented.
1: Yeah, you know, he's not going to take things for granted. He's going to start from the bottom yeah. with a company he just made,
2: with I guess. a company he just founded with money he got, I don't know where, <coughs> in a fancy building. And, <laughs> and Amber
0: sure just happens to show Amber up. Amber Schur, yeah. The movie is over. The movie is over. Well, the movie, the movie is over is, before he took Richard Dreyfus <laughs> to see a ball game in a fancy car. <laughs> That's
2: true. The movie is over. He's, he's beaten the bad guys. It could have been over when the fucking FBI
1: busted. And Harrison Ford gives like a spit take and that's the end of the movie. (laughs) He
2: reestablished his... his Freeze
1: on
0: spit take. (laughs) Freeze on spit take and then...
2: But then... (laughs) Harrison Ford died
0: on the way to prison. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) Why?
2: Uh, it just ends like Unbreakable Where they just yeah, exactly. throw a bunch of captions on the screen <laughs> uh, captions, yeah, okay. like, Oh by uh, the way Mr. Glass- Like a Winter fucking Vail. short
1: story Hits the screen at that point <laughs>
2: <laughs> So uh, The movie's over but now we've got to See him patch up his relationship with his dad mm-hmm. Great okay movie's over right No we got to see him start a company and hire All his old friends movie's over <laughs> right Nope Amber Heard walks in Because we're supposed to give a shit whether their relationship Continues but no... Movie's over, right? They patch it up and they kiss in the lobby. Movie's over, right? No, we see them walking down a walkway for
3: forever. <laughs> and you're it's sitting like a
2: minute-long shot of them walking towards the camera. It's like the end of fucking The Third Man. <laughs> like, you're just watching them walk down the street for a long time. And then finally, you're, you're sitting there like... Uh, credits? Did we forget some credits here? Like, uh, we gotta get to the credits? Is this one of those movies Is there where there's a button credits? that you push that starts the credits and someone yeah. forgot to push that button? Did Was this happen in real time? Did we would... forget to edit this part of the movie, or like... They've, they, they just, <laughs>
0: the editor is so in love with Amber Heard, I just want to look at her. They left or, and or Liam Hemsworth. The I mean, he is gorgeous. Liam yeah, yeah, Hemsworth they're is both very
2: a very handsome. People. He's a very handsome, untalented man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then the movie is finally blessedly over. Oh, huh. terrible! But it, so here, let's let, let's catalog the major flaws <clears throat> of the movie. Liam Hemsworth, the lead, is bad. Yeah. Uh the main character is a douche nozzle who who which,
0: has no. Moral strength and finds no moral strength. And And he has no no talent. He has no no skill.
2: No no special skill, no charisma. There's no reason that he is the one who's given this task or gets mixed up in this story. Mm -hmm. Three, all the
1: other characters are boring.
2: Four, for a movie called Paranoia that's supposed to be a tense thriller, there are almost no twists or suspense scenes.
1: And nobody is paranoid. Paranoid. Well, if not, if our two if the two villains were paranoid even a little bit they wouldn't have get, gotten caught up in a simple like well, like a bug. Yeah.
2: Liam Hemsworth becomes paranoid when he realizes he's always being watched and he's in danger. And there's a scene where he is smashing up his house because he's trying to find all the hidden cameras. It's the
1: shortest scene in this movie.
2: And it also and all it did was make me think like oh, remember the part at the end of the conversation when Gene Hackman is destroying his apartment looking for bugs and it's so tragic and painful because. He realizes that the thing he does to other people, that he's done so semi-casually has been done to him, and now he understands what it's like, and he sees the Virgin Mary statuette, and he realizes there could be a bug in there. If I tear that thing apart, I'm letting my fear overcome my faith in God. Can I do that? And he has to. He's too afraid, and he tears open the statue, and in that moment realizes that his own fear and paranoia has become his god, and that he must worship at the altar of it forever because his life is no longer his own. And all he can do is sit sadly in the ruins of his own apartment, trying to find some solace in playing the saxophone. (laughs) But even that which once soothed his troubled conscience is now powerless. Powerless to save him from the world he created, the world which has now destroyed him. And it's like, oh, what a good movie that was. (laughs) Well, Paranoia is nothing like that. Yeah, I'm watching this thick-necked, bald-chested idiot just breaking Mm -hmm. stuff for a couple seconds while Richard Dreyfuss sits in a lazy boy.
0: Well, and talk about the other flaw. Like, talk about a thin plot. Like, it's a movie about corporate espionage where the I guess the twist is that both of the people (laughs) engaging in it are bad.
2: Yeah, which was not a
0: surprise. See,
2: I really thought there were going to be more twists, and he was going to be playing the sides off each other more. Mm -hmm. Like that, there was gonna be a real who can i trust throughout the film
1: i remember seeing the uh, i I remember seeing the trailer and it was it felt like it was gonna be a little bit of that where it's like two guys are waging war against each other but this third guy oh wow he's a player
2: yeah but no yeah it's it's like they wanted to make a uh like a luxury power fantasy about suddenly being picked to become like enter this rich world the firm kind of yeah, yeah but even that they like they didn't go. They didn't bother to build this world of luxury that we were supposed to live in. Right. Other than showing us like a fancy apartment, a fancy. I could have used like a, a montage a fancy or two
0: fancy of him like. heard.
2: a fancy Amber A fancy Amber I could have
1: used like a montage or two of him like enjoying this new lifestyle. Yeah. To actually give you a reason to be like, oh, I could see why one wouldn't want to give all. I that could up. see
2: how you could so easily be seduced by the, the ease and the deck. The trappings of power. Exactly.
1: But instead, it's just like... Like, uh, what's that one with uh, Al Pacino and Keanu, Ru- <laughs> Keanu Reeves? Keanu
2: Reeves. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> they have Keanu Reeves, he's have a, kangaroo a, hybrid. was <laughs> <laughs> Who, in...
1: He's in Punt Break, <laughs> punt the Australian break. Rules football movie. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and Johnny Marsupilnovic. Marsupilnovic. Ah. Uh, um, now there, now this, now let's talk about that for a minute. How much more interesting would it be to see Keanu Reeves as a kangaroo in his own movies? <laughs> let's wait, let's look at kangaroos on film. What is there so far? There's kangaroo there's, Jack. There's kangaroo Jack. There's a movie that was sold on the lie that it was starring a rapping mm. kangaroo. There's, there's Tank Girl. Yeah, sure. There's, uh, you got Wake and Fright wake and where and they, fright. They, they they go
0: hunting kangaroos. That's about it. Crocodile Dundee.
2: I, but they're not letting any kangaroo characters in that.
1: I mean, they're you being got, hunted. you got Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, you, you got Kanga. Andrew. Uh,
2: you've got Congo, which is a giant gorilla, not a kangaroo. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Wait. that's something
0: different. Um, so I guess what I'm saying there's is. There's that kangaroo that Bugs Bunny fights.
2: Yeah, hippity hopper. Yeah. the or one that, Sylvester? Uh, Sylvester, because when his son goes, <laughs> my own father, afraid of a mouse. Oh, ne- oh the shame. <laughs> Man, now that I'm a dad, I really understand Sylvester's pain in those cartoons. <laughs> When I know that my son will someday be a, be ashamed that I can't beat up a kangaroo. Um,
0: can I? We got We we really need to go to final judgments. But I, I do want to say one thing, which is my sadness. Like earlier today, I was legitimately kind of excited to watch. Let Paranoia. me set the scene.
2: I was doing work. I had a very tight deadline. Dan walks into my office and says, "Hey, I'm thinking tonight." And I'm like, yeah, yes, what? And he's so excited he can barely get the words out. <laughs> and meanwhile, TikTok, I have a deadline because I, I have a job to do. And Dan goes, I'm thinking tonight we'll watch I Paranoia. S- <laughs> I was like, okay, fine. He goes, you- I think this one's going to be really crazy and good. <laughs> uh, okay. I, first of all, I saw that
0: you were surfing the internet at that time. <laughs> I was
2: researching something. <laughs>
0: um, but no, I was excited. Elliot.
2: I was writing a headline about buses that I have banging
0: on them. <laughs> Well, if I if I had seen you in our script software, I would not have done that. But um, so no, but I was excited. This, but he was so he was shaking with excitement. <laughs> basically, because he had a,
2: he had a smile on his face you'd normally see only on a little child who's just heard the word balloon.
0: <laughs> but basically, I was excited about this for for one reason, and that reason was Harrison Ford. And you would think that at this late date, you'd know that he only makes I would bad have been movies. burned so many times. But you got to remember that, like when I was a kid. Harrison Ford was my favorite actor. Oh, the first mean, time you saw What Lies not...
1: Beneath, you were like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was not under the illusion that you he was... and Dan just watched Regarding Henry over and over again as a kid.
2: <laughs> you got to understand, when I first saw Working Girl... <laughs> yeah, Dan what? No, no, no yeah. we all loved Harrison Ford when we were kids. He was Indiana Jones, he well, was on Solo. Like,
0: I was under no illusion that he was the best actor, but he was my favorite actor. My favorite actor. And then the last Whereas when I was a kid, two my favorite, decades I think, of my life, at least... When I was a kid, I think my favorite actor was series Sprite bizarre. from Gremlins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Couldn't get enough of that guy. Why didn't he make any other movies? Anyway,
0: you he had you a cocaine were... problem. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> sure.
2: So you were obsessed with Harrison, Harrison Ford? Was your favorite?
0: Oh, I just and and year after year, like every new movie comes out, I'm like, maybe this will be the one. No, because he doesn't care anymore. He
2: stopped caring a lot. Well, here's the thing: Harrison Ford in all his movies never cares, and that's his charm. Mm-hmm. But a certain, when you're a young guy and you just don't care, that's charming. When you're an old man who doesn't care, it's lazy.
1: All right, fair I'm still enough. trying to think of my favorite actor as a kid. I
0: think it's Yvette from Clue. <laughs> the, the,
1: the sexy <laughs> man. Colin <Yeah. Yeah>. Camp. <laughs> Colin Camp from Clue, yeah.
0: Um, so, uh, quickly, final judgments. Is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie you kind of like, Stuart? Mm, the suspense. <laughs> Real thinker. Real thinker, this one. <laughs> Let's uh, hold, on to your, hold on
1: to your seats and your hats. Uh, no, this was a bad, bad movie. Um yeah, you know, there was just not much there. I, I can't really say anything else about it.
0: Yeah, when it started out, I thought it might be a movie I kinda liked because it's very glossy and I was still like, hey, there's a lot of p- people I like in this movie, but it's yeah, it's just it's just the it, drive. I kinda uh, angry greedy. Uh Oldman, uh I was hoping it was gonna uh, be Harry like Lord, a limitless Josh Holloway. I I even I was like Amber Heard.
2: This should have been like limitless a yeah. movie that looked really stupid but it was like fun stupid. Yeah. Where it yeah. was like super high energy. Su- like that was a movie where you really believed, okay, this guy has gotten to enter a world of crazy privilege and fun.
1: And now he's licking up blood to make himself look.
2: Now he's literally <laughs> drinking another man's blood so he can think of a way to escape killers. Yeah. And then at the end, he wills himself not a drug addict anymore.
0: But I think that's a bad, bad from you, right? It's uh, certainly a bad, bad. All right. Uh, so moving on. Um, Before we get to letters, just a quick message from our friends at All Things Comedy. Um, They're more than
2: friends, Dan. They're like family at this point. uh,
0: Just a a note that uh, Tom Segura's uh, uh, comedy special is now available on Netflix. It's a one-hour special called Completely Normal, and the album of the same name is available for purchase on iTunes. So uh, check that out. If you're a fan of comedy, particularly of the stand up variety. <laughs> yeah. Sitting down, not so much for you, Stuart.
1: Yeah, what, like Bill Cosby shows? Like he <laughs> sits down and does comedy.
0: <laughs> but
1: moving on. I mean, he's great, but I'm sure he's Stephen Hawking,
2: him. when Stephen Hawking <laughs> does a comedy show. Uh-huh. Uh, to letters. This, what? This to com- letters. I know it's ironic that I'm writing a letter oh. to a letter, but still, I we've gotten so much joy out of you, letters. But I thought it was time to recognize you and how great you've been. And so, Letters, take yourself out tonight on me. To a fancy restaurant, maybe just to a movie. Take a walk in the park, rent a car, and take a spin. Like in the movie, Paranoia, rated PG-13. In theaters now. Except it's not. It's on Netflix streaming. But it's like a talk song or something. very bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, Letters, I guess I'm running a little long, like a, and I've got to yeah. let you go. So, just keep on lettering, and keep on... Keep it
1: on. Like a bit of spoken word. So that's
0: a... Your le-
2: obedient servant, Elliot Kalin. P.S., those are two letters.
0: That's a letter that we did not receive, but uh, <laughs> well, on to letters. I was writing it, to letters. <laughs> okay. That's so, why it ended
2: with my name.
0: Sure. This one, Elliot, last name withheld. Now. Yeah. This one comes from Chad, last name withheld. It starts off, dear Flophousians... Wow, Elliot, great song there. I especially like the part where you scattered the entire theme of the Brady Bunch. Wow, the the one time he did not actually sing a song. You know,
2: because a... I, I zig when people think I'm going to zag. Yeah. and I zig, I mean ziggy. <laughs> when people think I'm going to zaggy. <laughs> <laughs> zaggy, zaggy like the,
1: is like zaggy the uh, like 90s attempt to have him wear lo- his clothes backwards <laughs> like crisscross. He was
2: cool, he was zaggy, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Uh, anyway, Chad continues. Sadly, I have a few things I currently rent from Rent-A-Center, and I go in every Saturday to pay my bill. Every Saturday that I walk in, I'm greeted by Journey 2, The Mysterious Island, playing <laughs> awesome. on all 30 flat-screen TVs in the store. I always thought it was sort of funny, and now I've seen that full movie probably three times from all the segments I've watched. This was all fine and dandy until three or four weeks ago when I walk in and on half the TVs, Marmaduke was playing (laughs) Coincidence? I think not Someone there either loves your podcast or loves torturing customers I just had to write in about this And since it's my first time writing I want to say thank you for creating a superior podcast To all other bad movie podcasts I can listen to past episodes over and over And they never get old Dan, I've got some questions if you want to ask them on the podcast Sure, why not? Elliot, when are you going to be on TV again? Make it happen
2: Uh, I mean, I'll do my best, I have no idea
0: Dan if you were able to choose to be one Ninja Turtle, which one would you choose? Oh wow! I personally prefer Donatello. I too prefer Donatello in the same in the similar way that. lame. If dude. I was choosing a Ghostbuster, <laughs> you know we all would love to be Vinkman, but in my heart, I know I would have to be Egon.
2: I, was saying, I think you're Ray.
0: Thank you.
1: Like in the cartoon Egon, where he's got the awesome hair, or normal Harold Ramis Egon. Um,
0: normal,
1: normal, okay. Egon. not cartoon
0: Egon. Uh, Stuart.
2: Egon Scheele, the artist.
1: <laughs> I mean, he paints some beautiful yet tortured figures. <laughs>
0: <coughs> uh, Stuart, do you currently have a mustache as an avid facial hair grower? I hope the answer is yes.
1: I gotta disappoint you. I, I had a little bit of scruff earlier this week, and I had to shave it off for intimate time with the missus.
2: Wow. I don't okay. want hear that.
3: <laughs>
2: well, she right. just likes to pet Stuart's bare I mean, upper, upper lip. You've
0: yeah, had that's the full thing. mustaches before. What do you do? For intimate time. In well, those I
1: do not want to tell you, Dan. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll tell you it. after we're done recording.
0: Sorry, uh, it
1: involves know, a tuning did. fork <laughs> and, a and portal, another dimension. And a portal to a dimension where there's little dwarf slaves. <laughs> sure. <laughs> because in
2: bed, and so the grab- plays a good game
1: boy. <laughs> Two of them in one episode.
2: Now, why? Five has now,
1: driven us mad.
2: Why wasn't the tall man? A spokesman for Game Boy. That's what <laughs> I understand. The <laughs> You play Hi. with Game Boy <laughs> with Tetris, Super Mario Land, and other packaged packaged cartridges.
1: Uh, so moving on. Yeah, I mean, that's an amazing question.
2: Angus Scrim for Game for Nintendo. <laughs> sure. <laughs>
1: when he's promoting his latest movie, Line of Scrimmage. <laughs> <laughs> this next is. Scrimshaw.
2: It's it's his one-man show. where He does the best of George Bernard Shaw. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I thought it was a video game where you uh, carve onto whale bone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's that too. Um, so this is Chris' last name withheld. He writes, greetings, floppers. I'll cut through hey the there. bullshit and cut right to the chase. Thank you, finally. Chris, I thought you'd never
2: get to it. I'm a
0: simple man with a simple request. Would any of you, or if I dare to dream, all of you, sing Leslie Gore's <laughs> It's My Party in the guise of the Crypt Keeper? I know you guys don't do a ton of voices or singing, (laughs) but I I figured it was worth asking. Look, we we don't live at your
2: whim, Chris. Yeah, come on. It's my party, in the voice of the cryptkeeper. That's so specific that I have to assume you would be sexually aroused by it <laughs> in a very specific fetish, So I'm going to say no. And while
1: I ap- appreciate that idea, uh, I yeah, I don't know if I'm. Re- I'd need a lyric sheet. I'd need uh, yeah, yeah, the pitch, a tuning fork, and a planet with dwarves.
0: <laughs> I mean, certainly, yes, it's an appropriate song. Leslie Gore. Yeah, you yeah. You yeah. do. It's my party, and I well, die like, if I want it's to. It's more like
2: the cryptkeeper would be announcing it as his, as a DJ. Yeah. The D stands for dead. A dead jockey.
0: So <laughs> on his radio t- station, so on his radio station WRIP.
2: In,
1: um.
2: in, in uh, Skinsinati. <laughs>
1: Could also be the porno version of Cincinnati. Yeah, that's
2: true. It'd be WRIP. That'd be WXXX in Cincinnati.
0: So I hope that, those, uh, that the word picture that was just painted uh, softens some of the blow of our not wanting to do that thing. (laughs) Uh, But moving on, this is from Jay, last name withheld. It's titled, An Invisible Mania. Dear the Flophouse. I think this one's for you, Elliot. (laughs) I thought you would be pleased, as I was, to discover that, as of this writing, the top two comments on the YouTube full movie upload of The Invisible Maniac are as follows. One, quote, There was this movie about a freak who lived in a castle.
3: (laughs) Anyone remember the name of it?
0: (laughs) And two <clears throat> quote Is this the movie where someone's ding dong gets ripped off? <laughs> Which suggests that the denizens of Flophouse Nation are out there wandering the highways and byways of the internet, leaving hobo style markings for the delight of the initiated and the bafflement of the hoi polloi. Additionally you will notice that I've written this entire message as a single sentence with a series of dependent clauses and the certainty that Dan will find eh, it nearly impossible to no depend smoothly. He says in the certainty that Dan will find it nearly impossible to read smoothly. Meanwhile, I remain yours sincerely, Jay. Well proved you did him it with wrong. I Dan. Proved you him practiced wrong. for hours today instead I... <laughs> of doing work. I said a proper cup of coffee from a proper copper coffee pot. Yeah, Red said... leather, yellow leather. What
2: to, to do to die today? <laughs> yep. Anyway, the uh, I that reminds me of the moment Dan pointed out to me that uh and this is when I knew the Flophouse had really become a tastemaker. When <laughs> Dan pointed out to me that when you looked up uh, Castle Freak on Amazon.com, it said, customers also bought, head of the family. <laughs> so either it was just the one time Stuart bought both of them.
1: Uh, um, the one time. So I had to buy them on DVD, of course. And then later on, when Castle Freak came out on Blu-ray, I had to buy it from the Full Moon Pictures uh, booth at Yeah, that,
2: that's, they got you. They're always making you buy Castle Freak in the new formats. <laughs> You got the Laserdisc, the Betamax. Yeah,
1: I got to go frame by frame. I need the better transfer. The so of it.
2: he's got that that 16 millimeter condensed version that they released in the 50s. Mm-hmm.
1: I keep sending letters to Stuart Gordon and Jeffrey Gomes to find out for sure if Giorgio rips off his own ding dong in well, any scene. You
2: got the 100 year old Castle Freak Zoetrope. <laughs> yep. That's, you spin it around and look through the slot, and you see him ripping his ding dong off. <laughs> so, Dan, what are we doing next? Um you got more letters.
0: I've got one more letter, but I I, I realized that for some reason I've cut off the uh, the uh, the name of whoever sent this. So I'm wow. desperately trying to find out. <clears throat> <coughs> wow. Scintillating
1: podcasting. Dan looking at his
0: phone. You're getting I'm getting a peek sorry.
2: behind the curtain. Although, frankly, Dan looking at his phone is most of the preparation <laughs> for the podcast, as he doesn't pay attention to the movie. After wanting to watch Paranoia so very, very badly, <laughs> he checked out almost instantly.
0: Yeah, I can't find it. So my apologies to whomever wrote this Let's just email. say the name
2: is Lorenzo Lamas.
0: Sure. The um, I, 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 TV's renegade. I'll put it on the website if I recall. But uh, this is, it goes, hey guys, love the show. So I'm looking for future tattoo ideas when I come across what may quite Tattoos possibly... of the future? Yes. Like a computer you They're like
1: on. neon or some shit, or they <laughs> change or something. like the fuck fucking something.
0: loom and wanted or whatever. Uh, but when I come across what may quite possibly be the most mind-meltingly like ding-dong... Tattoos
1: of the Master Chief from I, Halo? I'm
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. This guy says, I'm looking for future tattoo ideas when I come across what may quite possibly be the most mind-meltingly ding-dong dismemberingly atrociously awesome tattoo that has ever existed. Not safe to work... Uh for work due to the tall man from Phantasm peering from a man's exploded chest cavity. <laughs> unless you work in a mausoleum containing interplanetary portals, then possibly safe for work. I present this delicate snowflake to Stuart and solely Stuart as the finer arbiter final arbiter in whether it deserves such a high distinction. Your associates' opinions are welcome, of course. However, I feel they lack the requisite background in ding dong dismembering to qualify as a judge in this area. And so here's the picture of, uh, you can see the tall man.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see quite clearly that's Angus Grimm playing the character, the tall man. Yeah,
2: looking out from somebody's <clears throat> ripped open body. The problem is, I think in body. a way
1: that movie, uh, that, that tattoo is terrible because what it does is it invalidates the rest of the art form. Never again will there ever be a tattoo that ever reaches that quality. It's
0: reached the pinnacle, so why bother from now on? Yeah. Exactly. So I'm wondering, like, is. Is the tall man just like hanging out inside this guy's body? He clearly just killed him or maybe he's renting the place.
1: Sure. Maybe he opened a portal inside that guy's body mm-hmm. or maybe he's looking through somebody's body and the hole is so deep that it goes all the way through his body.
2: He, is, he lives in that guy's body. Okay, but that makes went, sense. But he went on vacation. He just you came don't even back. have to explain anymore. I totally yeah. believe he you. He just came back to find that <laughs> his house, this guy's body, has been robbed. And a hole left in the wall where the mm-hmm. robber came in.
0: And there's a bunch of raccoons inside that guy. <laughs> yeah, it's like all sure. it's, uh, <laughs> just garbage everywhere because a yeah. homeless
2: man's been living in there for a while. That's why he's making that.
1: All face, the
0: right? wiring yeah. for that guy's body is gone. <laughs> no,
2: it's stripped. It's totally stripped. So,
1: um, yeah,
0: pretty good tattoo.
1: I think that's a good tattoo. Thanks for saying that, Mister Question Mark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. anonymous. What do think he's the Riddler? No <laughs> <name>. <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: uh, Edward Nigma. Sure. Yeah, Mister Nigma is the Riddler. All right, thanks.
0: So. And Mister
2: Smegma is a Batman villain you don't see too much these days.
0: <laughs> more of a Batman villain, actually. Well, you're saying he's more of a Silver Age character,
2: yeah? So, yeah, back when, uh, <laughs> back in back in the days when Batman would get caught in a space zoo, <laughs> occasionally he'd have to fight Mister Smegma. Yeah.
0: Um. So let's move on to the back final in
2: the Robert Keniger edited days of Batman.
0: Final segment of the podcast where we recommend movies that we've seen and enjoyed. Unlike. Paranoia. Um, Elliot, why don't you go first, because I know that you're going to recommend a movie that I also saw and enjoyed. Uh, yeah, but I, you're have another, I
2: have another option if you want to recommend it. No, no, no.
0: no I'll, I've, I've got, You'll chime in? I also have another option. Because
2: I will recommend the other movie in addition. Cat okay, so, But I will, My main recommendation is The Grand Budapest Hotel, Wes Anderson's new movie. It's possible a lot of flop fans have seen it already, but I went to the uh, extreme notion of uh, extreme uh, length of having my mother come in from New Jersey to babysit my son so my wife and I could go see this movie. And it was totally worth it. It was really great. I enjoyed it a lot. It's more of a fast-paced caper adventure than Wes Anderson usually does. And I found it not as emotionally rich as Moonrise Kingdom, but I really enjoyed it a lot. It was from moment one to the last moment I was having fun and enjoyed it through the whole thing. But there, I think that the... I think they, it's one of his most, like, obviously blatantly funny movies
0: but that i mean that's true but then i found that at the end like the actual like the very end of the movie hit me emotionally very hard and i think it hit me all the harder because it was so <coughs> lighthearted through most of the movie and i realized like there's been a lot of discussion you know on the flop house facebook page i know there are a lot of people out there who don't like wes anderson that much um they they just don't connect with his style and i understand like if a style doesn't work for you it doesn't work for you but I kind of realized <clears throat> thinking about Wes Anderson's movies recently that I think part of why he works so well for me is that all of his movies are about people who are very sensitive emotionally but aren't very good at expressing it like are mm, very like I can see that. Like uh, are holding everything inside themselves. Like a certain guy
2: sitting at this table right now, Stuart Wellington. (laughs) No, just kidding. Just like you did. No, I'm I'm saying
0: it. It it connects with me because I feel like it's the Mm -hmm. same thing. Like I'm, I'm kind of an emotional live wire who deals with that by uh, keeping the world at bay. But all of his movies have a moment of like catharsis at the end where Mm -hmm. a lot of emotions come out.
2: Have you ever had a ski chase down a mountain? mountain?
0: I did. I was, I was chasing Willem Dafoe (laughs) down a mountain. Spoiler alert.
2: This is one of those movies that sh- would be a fantastic all ages adventure film, if not for a couple moments of nudity and a ton of swearing. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, Ray Fiennes' character is like this very, uh, like, classy, refined, elegant uh, hotel concierge who also swears all the time. And, uh, and there's some
0: surprising violence in it for a Wes Anderson movie.
2: Yeah, that's true, but it's still kind of cartoony. Yeah. Um, they, but uh, I really enjoyed it a lot, and I think you know what. I'm going to say this. Every time we bring up Wes Anderson, one of us feels the need to say, now I know some people don't like him. Let's stop doing that. He's just a movie director. There's nothing special about his movies that's not like other movies. Some people don't like other movies. That's fine. You love Brian De Palma. I'm not such a huge fan, but every time you bring it up, you don't go, you know, some people don't like Brian De Palma, but I think, so let's (laughs) just say, I'm recommending this Wes Anderson movie because I liked it. No apologies, no defense. I
0: just say that because... When I say I like Brian De Palma, the internet—and uh, by that I mean our Facebook group—does not erupt with a bunch of people well, but feeling the need to come out of the woodwork to make fun of Brian. De
2: Palma. Well, I'll say to those guys who feel the need to erupt and come out against Wes Anderson: Don't see his movies, dude. Yeah, go watch yeah, something. I mean, you we like.
1: all like Prometheus, and people didn't—the world didn't explode or nothing, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Wes Anderson's Prometheus. <laughs> what a <laughs> oh, movie! I would love you know, see that, that I'd love to see. <laughs> Uh, And I wanted to recommend. I would love to see
1: Wes Anderson make a 3D movie. His movies are almost 3D already. Except he
2: has such complete control and like narrow focus on the picture plane. A lot. I think. I think. I bet he could do something really cool with 3D. But I feel like he might not want to. There's such a flatness, even with the three dimensions in his movies. Yeah. He composes his movies a lot like dioramas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Now the another movie I want to mention real quick is. One that might be a little harder to find than Grand Budapest Hotel, but I enjoyed it. It's called Repentance, and it is a Georgian film from the 80s about a uh, Soviet dictator who dies, and mysteriously his body of each night is dug up and placed in on the patio of his old house. And uh, it turns, and the person who's doing it is put on trial and tells the story of why she thinks this Soviet dictator's soul should never rest. And it's both very grim at times and also very goofy at times. And there's a scene where the dictator and his two henchmen stop by an artist's apartment to intimidate him through singing to him as guests at his house and putting on an impromptu, like, a cappella concert that is very Terry Gilliam esque. Uh, so, repentance, if you have an interest in seeing kind of a uh, pre end of the Cold War uh, satire type movie.
0: Um, I'd like to recommend a movie that uh, just happens to be uh, the movie that The Dissolve is talking about this week when we're recording this, uh, the website The Res- Dissolve, but I just watched it because I got the Blu-ray uh, at Christmas and hadn't had a chance to see it, and I wanted to show it to my wife, which is The Sweet Spell of Success uh, by Alexander McKendrick. Uh, it was written by Ernest Lehman and Clifford Odette, uh, Ernest Lehman you may know, uh Possibly most famous as a screenwriter for writing North by Northwest, although Mm. this is a much more uh, bitter movie than North by Northwest. Alexander
2: McKendrick also directed Lady Killers.
0: Yeah. Um, It's a movie that stars uh, Tony Curtis and Burt Lancaster, and it's about the uh, gossip columnist uh, sort of culture of the the 50s. I mean, it's it's, uh, based on Walter Winchell. Pretty much, um, and uh, it's just beautifully shot. Uh, it's got a great Elmer Bernstein jazz score. It's it's a film noir movie, but about uh, like the gossip Calm business. And um, it's it's very funny. It's very bitter. It's really like every facet of it is super kind of dramatically presented, but. In a wonderful way, rather than an overbearing way. And I quickly want to also say, uh, Flophouse House uh, book recommendations. Uh, I was on vacation last week, and during that vaca- vacation, <clears throat> I read Da Vinci Code. Uh, <laughs> I read a couple of books that I think that uh, Flophouse House listeners would particularly enjoy. There were both. Everybody boops. <laughs> well, they're both linked in that they're both kind of <laughs> cultural. What a shocking ep- ending on that one! <laughs> <laughs> it's right there in the title. <laughs> Stay to stay the last five pages of everyone poops. <laughs> to say see if, if everyone poops. Don't
2: tell your friends the shocking surprise ending of everyone poops. Surely some people don't poop.
1: No, don't forget oh, to sh- read tune the book, in for, my friends. Tune in after the credits for a shocking twist. For a teaser for, for,
3: for Captain
0: America, the
3: Pooping Soldier.
0: Nick Fury will show up <laughs> and he will poop all over. We need you.
2: It's, it's called the Defecators Initiative. <laughs>
0: Uh, no, the movies the, the movies. The books I wanted to recommend, they're both linked in that they're kind of both uh cultural histories. Um one is called Five Came Back by Mark Harris and it's about uh five directors who were part of the war effort, John Ford, John Huston, George Stevens, William Wyler and uh Frank Capra. Yes. And um and the other was uh, Superman The Unauthorized Biography by Glenn Weldon. Uh, which World just sort of <laughs> traces uh, Superman uh, in all his incarnations um, from when he was invented to the present and showing how he reflected the, the changing times that he was in. Um, obviously, Five came back dealing with the real events of World War II carries a lot more emotional weight than the Superman book, but they're both very enjoyable. Uh, so I recommend those, too. Stuart? Stuart?
1: <clears throat> I'm going to recommend a uh, a movie that I actually received as a gift from uh, Flophouse listener Alex, last name withheld. Uh, it's a movie from 1979. Ooh, that's Elliot and Dan territory.
2: Uh, I guess so, I don't know.
1: Uh, it's, you know, because it's the, uh, old. The
2: friends of Eddie Coyle in the last episode has a more recent movie <laughs> or, or a more modern movie. It's forty years old. So uh,
1: the movie I'm going to recommend has recently been released on Blu-ray. It's a movie called The Visitor. It's a movie that was made in collaboration between no, it's not the Richard Jenkins. No, 1979.
2: It's not Visitor Q. No, yeah, <laughs> no. no I
1: guess I'll recommend that in a later episode. <laughs> uh, no, this movie it's not does Q, the Winged Serpent. This movie does feature a hot young actor, Mr. Lance Henry Enriquez himself.
0: <laughs> From cover TV's of *Millennium*. Lance the pants. The <laughs> cover
1: of *Tiger Beat*. Lance <laughs> Enriquez yep. for, for most wrinkly. <laughs>
2: you know, then the cover line is "Loopy over Lance."
1: Before he lost that bet with a pumpkin head. <laughs> um, and uh, oh, so <laughs> this is we a- love his
0: pottery. Now we love his acting. <laughs>
1: So this is a crazy movie, and I'm recommending this as a movie to watch with friends, uh, (laughs) maybe by yourself, uh, according to its IMDb (laughs) description, and I guess like the back of the box, too. uh, It's basically about a little girl who has the soul of some kind of evil intergalactic entity named Satine, which is very much like (laughs) Satan. It's um, your off-brand, yeah. kind
2: of generic ver- store brand version of Satan,
1: and uh, she's in a struggle with this, like a, this entity of good, this uh, played by John Houston in oh, one of wow. his, yeah, yeah, yeah. In one of his later roles, and uh, Lance Henriksen plays a shifty owner of a basketball team. <laughs> 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 uh, this so it's
2: like Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> this is
1: a movie that features a police detective getting his eyes plucked out by a crow. Or, I guess, Eagle. I don't, don't write in. It's any really letter.
2: easy to tell the difference between the two.
0: Yeah. Um, the description, the more you say about the movie, the less I understand what it is. But this the more is, I want to see it.
1: If you like movies, uh, this movie has all the elements of Italian cinema that so, I hate. Which is lots of close-ups on the eyes, lots of weird cuts, lots of weird like um, intermingling of shots. Bad dubbing. Exactly. Terrible dubbing. But at the same time, I found it weirdly charming in this case and really interesting musical cues that do not relate to what's going on on screen. So if you want to watch a really strange <laughs> so, movie... So
2: that policeman getting his eyes plucked out it's like,
1: boing. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> <Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do>.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: so yeah, The Visitor. Check it out. And thanks again to Alex. The last name withheld.
0: Hi, guys. Well... Um, once again, I feel like perhaps we've, like Rumpelstiltskin, we've spun the, water out of wine. the <laughs> shitty yarn of uh, <laughs> paranoia into gold. Uh, you know it wasn't yarn that he was spinning into gold. Right? It was
2: straw. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it would still be quite a feat <laughs> to spin yarn into gold, but that's not the story. It's, he spun spaghetti it's, into gold. Yeah. No, <laughs> just yeah no, just no, like spaghetti. Baba Yaga.
3: No. No.
0: <laughs> so, for the flop house... <laughs> I've been Dan McCoy.
1: I'm Stuart Wellington,
0: and I'm Elliot Kalin. Good night, everyone.
3: <laughs>
1: and this Elliot. one was called. Oh man. Okay. Let's just let's just dig into let's this just talk fucking about meat sandwich.
0: Good movie, huh? Yeah, man. Ah, I love that energy, dude <laughs> You'll
2: make a mint.
0: Uh, let's do it, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Dan, you are the worst warm-up comic hey, in the history of Check yeah, out this guy. Where are you from?
0: <laughs> uh, forget it. That place is probably not very good. <laughs> well, he knows the material.